1: Can we start by having you tell us why you don't want to get a vasectomy? Eamon, quick question. What's up? Do you like
2: to cook at all in any way, shape, or form?
1: Yeah, I love cooking.
2: Have you ever cut yourself accidentally, maybe getting some onions or some potatoes or anything ready for,
1: for whatever meal you were making? Yeah, I've done that. I cut myself a lot. How does that feel? Um... Not good.
2: <laughs> it hurts. When I think of the surgery, right? I think of that to the mo- <laughs> to the most sensitive, most painful part of my entire body, and it's a pretty quick like no.
1: I need to ask all of you listening right now to not judge me for a sec, but I'm in the same boat as Brad, who you can thank for that image of the kitchen knife near someone's genitals. But even beyond the surgery part, the idea of getting a vasectomy is sort of terrifying. Like I'd be messing with my body in a way that's unnatural. And since there's this growing interest in different non-condom forms of birth control that put the onus on men, not women, I've realized I feel squeamish about most of them. Now for the obvious. Nothing compares to what women already have to put their bodies through for birth control and childbirth. So why are men? Why am I? so unwilling to assume just a little bit of that responsibility. I'm Eamon Ismail, and you're listening to Man Up. On this show every week, we tell honest stories about our lives and investigate where we get our ideas about what it means to be a man. And if you're listening right now in a web browser, I mean, that's cool, but we'd love if you subscribe to the show in a podcasting app. We come out with a new episode every week, and you don't want to miss what we got next.
3: Dot com, And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.
1: So at the top of the episode, we were hearing from Brad and his wife, Angela and Agnes Repke. She's been trying to get him to change his mind about a vasectomy. In an essay titled, My Husband Refuses to Get a Vasectomy Because He's a Big Frickin' Baby, she went into excruciating detail about what her body had to go through to give birth to two kids. And it was a lot. Angela doesn't want to have to go through all that again.
0: We're just we're just done. Like, we shut that door, you know? My youngest is five, so she'll be starting kindergarten in a couple of weeks. So to, to think about giving up my body again and going through the baby years again. Mm. Um, some women are like serious rock stars and they just like love being pregnant and they nurse for till they're toddlers two or longer and they just love everything about it and I just was not that mom being pregnant was okay you know I probably had an average pregnancy with sickness and other weird things that happened Um, but my c-section was awful my recovery was awful nursing was a horrible horrible thing um, for me, hormones were nuts. Baby blues were nuts. Mm. And then with my daughter, I had a VBAC, which was the most empowering thing ever, but it took me a 50 hour labor, three hours of pushing wow. to earn that. So um, that's my I've done enough argument.
1: <laughs> I mean, that's one of the reasons why I've maybe grown a little softer towards this position. This uh, the the mm-hmm. idea of like sharing the responsibility, maybe taking some of that load yeah. off of your partner is very appealing. I think it's kind of like if your partner is going to be doing all the cooking, right? Getting pregnant, going through that physical transformation, the least you can do is do the dishes, right? Like it doesn't seem like that's that, yeah. Like much of responsibility compared to the like how much work is involved in childbirth.
0: That's really funny because that's exactly how. Our house runs. Like, I cook because I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And he does the dishes every night. Hey, Brad. Say hi, honey. Hello, how you doing?
1: I don't know. I'm wondering if you feel like, like taking some of that load off of her might be appealing. Yeah,
2: I, I just, I guess I don't categorize that as something I can do to carry the burden. Right yeah. or wrong. I, I view, uh, protecting the f- kids, providing financially, emotionally, physically, you know, like cleaning up the puke or wiping up the shit or like whatever the worst job is, like you're, that's who, that's what you got to do. Um, and like knowing that for the rest of my life, which I have no problem with. Cause that's, that's the, you know, the, the trade-off you get for all the great parts about being a dad and a husband, which it's all good. But, and I guess I just, I don't, this current vasectomy just isn't in that list.
0: He is really good at cleaning up puke. <laughs> I run away and he runs towards it.
2: And I don't <laughs> doubt, you know, and, and appreciate all that, that she went through, you know, from the good, the bad, and, and, and we didn't have a good experience. She didn't have a specific good experience the first time, but all the sacrifice um, I guess from my standpoint I I look at it that what else do we do to protect against another pregnancy and that's using condoms every single time um, not being haphazard and and for my personal enjoyment or her personal enjoyment even if we're we're sober or drunk or whatever it is you know I think that that's important and, and I guess I don't know I guess that's that's How far I've thought about it.
1: I mean, so if that's working for you, um, I guess why the motivation to change anything.
0: The main reason is because I don't know if I have like perimenopause or what, but like my periods are just are are starting to become erratic. So when when I'm late, and the older you get, you know, um, as a woman in your forties, and my mom went through early menopause, like you your periods become really crazy. You could even like skip one, one month. So, um, I guess, I guess primarily it's just for peace of
1: mind. Mm. Yeah.
0: know, it's just, it really causes me a lot of stress when I'm, when I'm late.
1: If we're being fully honest, I kind of see this the same way that I see like LASIK surgery. It's like your eyeballs are the most delicate part of your body. And, the idea of sitting underneath a laser and putting all of your faith into a doctor who's so confident and is so like blase about the risks. Oh, don't worry about it. I've done this a thousand times. I still feel like I can't fully trust anyone with that much power over my body.
0: Yeah. I mean, I get it, you know, and I don't want to, make my husband do something that is that he doesn't feel comfortable with, you know, on his own body. I guess in the end, all I hope that like back to like the beginning, my beginning comments on the erratic periods is like if it gets bad enough, um, the older I get, I just hope that he does it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I almost feel like if I were you I'd be so pissed because I'd be like, I did all of this work for a total of 18, like probably longer. Like it's not just the pregnancy. It's all of that time afterwards recovering. Right. So I don't know. I feel like I would be pissed if uh, a partner was like, "Nah, I don't want to do this one hour operation. That's going to take me only a few hours after to recover.
0: Yeah. I mean, when you guys were like, you know, it was making you queasy. I was just literally having flashbacks of... (laughs) Really gross Things that I had to do In my downstairs business After my (laughs) V-back To heal those wounds That didn't just take a couple days Yeah. And then the first time That we had sex How badly that hurt I mean I'm not normally pissed off about it But now you've got me all fired up None of it is easy It's it's really painful (laughs) Having a baby hurts Not just during, but after. C-section and and a vaginal birth um, were hard. A a vaginal birth was easier for me mentally, but physically, like, it still hurt. And it's not that it, I mean, it's not like I want him to, like, suck it up, you know, and blah, blah, blah. But, and I know it would hurt. And I would be very, like, you know, sensitive for him and to him and... All that jazz.
1: Yeah, it'd be like a nice uh, role reversal where instead you're fetching him the ice cream.
0: <laughs> right.
2: Uh, no, I mean, I can I can see that. Um, and maybe it's just kind of like the old typical stereotype, right? Without actually, like, thinking it through. You're just afraid because you're supposed to be afraid or someone told you to be afraid or, or it's just normal to be afraid opposed to, like, questioning why are you actually afraid, right? And actually thinking about it and... Um, Evaluating it on its own merits, opposed to just kind of taking whatever the stereotype is and running with it. So uh, they don't I, cut it off. Honey. Well, I know they don't cut it off. <laughs> I mean, I've had surgeries in the past, and I mean, I've I've had broken body parts. Um, <laughs> and I think it's just a it's it's a it's a varying it's a difference of viewpoints, right? I, I she sees it one way, and I, I don't see it as. I'm not discounting anything that she did with her body, for her, for her family, for the children. I'm appreciative um, and very proud of her for all, every single thing that she did. Um, this is not a slap in the face of any of that. I don't currently view it as something that is in opposition of those things or, or mocking or forgetting or minimizing any of those
1: sacrifices that she went through. Um, am, am I getting this right? But I feel like you're warming up to the idea a little bit. I wouldn't
2: say I'm warming up to the idea. I mean, I've never had more than a, honey, when are you going to get snipped? And she comes at me with scissors, like with her hands, right? So, I mean...
0: Oh, stop. Going we back to our, more than that.
2: Well, not really, though.
0: Yes, we have.
2: Well, we, we've never actually had a legitimate conversation about it. Yes,
0: we have. Well, when I'm late, I don't freak out.
2: You do, but I guess I, I don't view...
0: My freakouts as a conversation. Maybe it's just me talking at him.
2: I, you know, I, I don't think I'm signing up for it. Like, as soon as we get off the phone, but, <laughs> you know, as anything, as you maybe have a more in-depth discussion or a conversation, can see other people's viewpoints a little bit more and at least continue the thought or evaluation.
1: They don't cut it off. Very reassuring. Talking to Brad, I wanted to hear from someone who does this all the time. That someone is Dr. Paul Turek, who's made vasectomies his calling card. And we'll hear from him right after this break. Can you talk a little bit about what the actual operation entails?
4: Yeah, so typically I do it in the office and it's I need an hour of a man's time. I'll take about eight minutes of it, but most of it is preparing them, and a lot of it is just you know quelling anxiety. So I usually offer sedative like a Valium, six pack of beer quickly, you know, equivalent. <laughs> so I like it quiet. So I usually play some jazz, usually Miles, or Coltrane, and or maybe some piano piece by by Bill Evans, and then. You know, you move very quickly and I use a local anesthetic, which is a cream that numbs up the skin because actually the painful part of a vasectomy is the skin. And then I do a deeper local anesthetic, really small drop, which feels like sort of a pin in your back versus your lip. And men sort of say, you've started, haven't you? And I said, yes, they have. <laughs> and then I move like the wind nice. and try to get through one jazz piece and it's done through a puncture in the middle of the scrotum, not an incision. What I do is three things. I will cut it. I will um, cauterize or burn the hole for a centimeter or so to promote scar tissue. And then I'll put a titanium clip on it, on each end, which is inert and non ferric. Oh, so you can go in scanners and stuff and not get picked up. And, you know, six to eight minutes, that's it. Um, no one's complained about anything. I've never redone one. It's 2,500 cases. I've never had a failure.
1: Right. And then I, I got to be honest with yeah. you, I'm, I'm, I'm cringing. I'm way less comfortable oh. with this than I thought I was going to be. Just there's burning involved.
4: So, yeah, and no man ever forgets that.
1: So, do most people you think that uh, inquire about getting vasectomies actually end up going through with it, or do you think that there is a contingent of men who are freaked out by the idea after fi- they find out what it actually entails?
4: the The big issue with vasectomy is not the procedure it's the chronic pain issue afterwards so if you go online and you search pain after vasectomy you'll get freaked out because there's a lot of examples of men not doing very well oh man and i see one of those a month from other practices and honestly they're they're disfigured these men are have had horrible experiences they probably should have stopped because i won't do that to a man
1: please don't Google that. <laughs> For the love of God, don't Google that. I did, and you can take it from me. It's exactly what it sounds like. But that fear, Dr. Turek says, is totally normal, and cases like that are very rare. So what do you do about it? The doctor has encouraged men to inquire about getting what he calls a brosectomy. I'm sorry, that's, that's an actual thing. Can you explain that to me? What is a, what is a brosectomy exactly?
4: It's a vasectomy where the procedures are done around the same time. And then the patients get to hang out with their friends to go through it. It was in 2013 that I sort of a couple of guys, college friends called and said, we'd like to do a vasectomy together. And I said, yeah, that's a good idea. Let's do it. And so I had this inkling that the bro thing mattered. Hmm. This is a sensitive area of the body. So you spend your life protecting that area of your body, the jewels, Mm. and someone goes after it and you have to be calm. So there's an inherent bias toward anxiety when you talk about this area of the body, which is why vasectomies aren't particularly popular. I mean, they're pretty popular, but they haven't changed in years in terms of frequency and acceptability.
1: Yeah, it was the whole uh, brosectomy thing just kind of reminded me of, you know, like a parent pretending that a spoonful of broccoli is a choo choo train it's like a way to trick someone into feeling comfortable about something that they're absolutely not inclined not to absolutely not a
4: trick not a trick at all oh, it's man. so it is it is like the broccoli choo choo train it makes it more palatable but they want to go through it they really it's like if you really want the broccoli but you just don't like the taste mm. it makes it more palatable mm. so it's different that way and you know when i did this first group In 2013, it didn't have a name then. I just noticed that these guys, one guy came out, and the first guy comes out, the others are looking at him like, Is he okay? Is he okay? Is he still the same guy? And then they see that he's okay, and they've known him for years, and it becomes more acceptable. That's one thing. So they do better Mm -hmm. at the time. And then when they get done, if they hang out together, they run their. They're troubled by each other. And, oh, you have that? I got that, too. It must be okay. And I track these guys every day for two weeks afterwards. I know exactly how they're doing. And I have experience with a 1,000 men. And then these guys come through, and they just did better. They just did better. They took no pain pills. They were back up and running quicker. And I said, there's something different about this idea of doing it with friends. And then, um, you know, so that's where it started. But there are men calling for this because they are a little scared to do it alone, but less frightened to do it with someone. They do really want to do it, but they're just a little frightened. The best evidence is military. They rely on this. They rely on the attitude adjustment in groups that is that is makes men stronger yeah. and gets things done that they couldn't normally do. And so this is not a new principle.
1: Uh, right when I was going to get married, that was like the the most afraid I've ever been in my entire life. And okay, I what happened? The best man said, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Exactly. I, I like begged all of my friends to meet up with me beforehand. So we yeah. can just have a moment alone and just, I needed them to just encourage me just this last step, just to get me to a place where I can feel like I had them behind me. And they got me there and it, it, made, it made everything a lot easier. It's cool.
4: Right, it gave you. It lowered the barrier, and it made it easier. It made it more palatable. So it is. It's a matter of being frightened. It's not. It's an autonomic nervous system thing. Yeah. There's no reason for it. There's no reason to be scared that someone's gonna go at your jewels. But you know, I I still go to the dentist in my fifties, and I still. Have that same feeling when they've got that sharp thing and they're looking for cavities, mm. and you don't know whether they're going to find them or not. You're kind of nervous, you're white knuckled, and you know, and they don't find them. So vasectomy's the same for some men. Some men it's not, right? But some men it is,
1: yeah. so so a guy is afraid of getting a vasectomy because of maybe some unforeseen consequences in your in your view, that's totally rational, yeah,
4: absolutely. It's very reasonable to think that because they've been hit there before, and they know what it feels like, and they don't like it. And, you know, a lot of doctors, not everyone's the same. Everyone sort of thinks if you're a doctor, you, you're the same quality, but surgeons have skill sets.
1: One of the things that I found to be a great motivator for me is, uh, is the fact that women have to do so much, not just for contraception, but also for childbirth Life. and everything that comes after yeah. it. So in... Right. When you compare that to everything that women do to prevent birth, uh, it seems like not a big deal. True.
4: And that's the 30,000 foot view as a non-human looking at the species. Hmm. But anthropomorphically, men aren't built the same way, right? They're not used to cycles every month and bleeding every month and doing all that. Men don't see doctors unless their life is threatened or they're in a lot of pain. So You can blame culture and testosterone and lots of things, but it's very different. And so I have no qualms celebrating men who seek to get this done and control the family and take responsibility. But this is kind of the way you have to do it.
1: Taking responsibility so that your female counterpart doesn't have to is by far the most compelling argument to do something like this for me. But what if you want to do your part, but haven't had kids yet and maybe want to down the line? A vasectomy is reversible in a lot of cases, but it's not a guarantee. There's this long history behind why there isn't basic over-the-counter birth control pills for men. But there are finally some options that are in experimental phases. I wondered what it was like for a guy who's tried it.
5: So um, um, I've been actually a participant now for the last maybe two years. And so I've done within that two year span, I've, I've probably done it. Uh, this is my third trial.
1: This is Rufaro Huggins. He's a part of a male contraception study at the university of Washington school of medicine. He was a Guinea pig in a study that tested a pill that significantly lowers sperm count. He and his partner are sure they don't want kids right now and don't want to shut that door completely. So for him, this is perfect. I mean, we do know that, uh, for female contraception, there's a lot of side effects. It's known, but they take it anyway. Uh, does the regimen that you were participating in have any side effects?
5: No, actually it didn't. Um, the only thing that I saw that was the difference was a little bit of weight gain uh, because in the testing process of, the, of the, the drug, you have to consume 25 grams of fat uh, mm-hmm. in taking it. And so that's not, uh, and that's during the morning. Of course, you want to take the tablet in the morning yeah. And so, for me, that's not my normal consumption, and so because of that, I had to kind of figure out my diet. Now, mm-hmm. if if and when it does actually, if it you know hits the uh, the marketplace and is available, if that'll be a requirement, I'm not sure. But that was the only side effect that I saw was a little bit of a little bit of weight gain, maybe a little bit of bloating.
1: Uh, can, so, can I be honest with you for a second? Go ahead. A part of me still feels, I don't know, maybe less masculine. If if I were to.
5: Well, i think I think that number one, the discharge of what's happening doesn't change. You still have all the other um, pleasures and effects that you would normally have, of course, just the count to be able to reproduce changes and then when you are off that drug um, from the perspective that i that I've had in my experience of, of being in the research study, it's only a matter of weeks until you balance back out. Hmm. Um, and so, you know, if that was the case in which he was saying, Hey, like I'm, I'm now in a relationship where I just don't feel masculine anymore and I don't want to take this drug anymore. Uh, you can definitely, you know, of course, stop taking the drug and, and reverse that process and just in a matter of weeks. Yeah. Um, that's crazy. So from that perspective, if, if it's a weight of, again, masculinity or not, um, I think that. All the things that you normally would have my personal perspective at least is all the other p- pleasures and, and experiences that you would have would still be the same and if you want to have that other experience of you know um having a larger sperm count uh then you would just not take the drug anymore um
1: this sounds too good to be true i'm like waiting for the yeah i mean the and that's, I mean, that's the
5: science that i'm giving you the science i mean this is this is based off the data that i've been able to see about, about my own personal participation um, you know, I'm actually next week, next Monday, I'll be going in for my last visit. Um, uh, cause my sperm counts is back up. And so, you know, and that was just a matter of weeks to, to, you know, say, okay, I'm off the drug now. I'm going back to normal. And yeah. And again, like I said, everything else that you normally would experience as a man with, with, you know, intercourse or whatever, you know, uh, is there. It's just, yeah.
1: Could you tell me about how you feel now that you've done this for so long? Um, knowing that you've shared the responsibility, does that like how, how does that what kind of emotions does that bring out of you?
5: um well i'm I'm more analytical than emotional in my in my lifestyle just because like I have to balance my emotions and what I do mm-hmm. um, but as far as sharing responsibility is concerned I, I feel proud um to know that number one I get to participate in a study like this, number two that, then I'm that I'm sharing the responsibility like um you know that's what we're always gearing towards you know in the workplace or whatever the case might be in, in different social dynamics or professional dynamics is about trying to be balanced to our counterparts mm-hmm. um and so in my relationship with my wife you know that's that's that was one of the the intentions was to say hey can I can I be a part of something that you know will balance out the responsibility uh,
1: so is your hope that this new experimental drug will hit the market and then maybe in your relationship, you can give your wife the choice to not be.
5: Absolutely. Um, the other side effects of the other options that are out there for females uh, change the menstruation. Um, so anything that would, uh, you know, definitely improve her health and emotion and every other part of what the female body goes through. I would totally be on board for, for making that personal sacrifice to just increase our overall health
1: so for some reason and maybe it's because i'm still a 12 year old at heart <laughs> the image keeps coming to mind of like the snake losing its venom okay like is it is it a snake anymore i keep thinking about whether or not like the the ability to procreate is intrinsically tied to our worth as men to our partners
5: yeah, so so definitely, I would say I, I don't believe that's true. Um, you use the snake analogy, which I like, uh, because we all know that more than just the venom, uh, the snake is like a muscle, and that it can contract and squeeze. Uh, there are other um, qualities about us as as people that we still get a chance to exercise in a way that's that's fair and balanced and. And that should provide a sense of self-worth. Um, so that's one of the reasons why, for me personally, I don't um, feel as though, oh, because you know maybe I can't produce for a few weeks or whatever. If I'm on, a, if I'm only doing it for a short period of time or whatever the case might be, and that might affect me in some way for, for a few weeks, um, that's why I don't look at it th- like that. Um, the interaction that I can have with another human being, whether it's a male or female, is is much. Greater uh, than just that particular one part of it. Uh, there's just so much more beauty in um, in masculinity than um, than just that side of it. And, um, and I think that we all have to kind of tap into what that is and what that means for us individually. Um, but I think there's definitely uniqueness in, the, in, each, in each and every one of us within that that perspective of masculinity versus what feels unmasculine. Um, so. I would definitely say no.
1: As a guy, it's been really easy for me to not give contraception or the nuclear option a second thought. It's never been my responsibility. And I think a lot of us never really bother to think about what our deeper issues are with it. I hope that's on the verge of changing. And after these conversations, it has with me. Here at Man Up, we love getting emails and voicemails and we'd love to hear from you too. What are your experiences with birth control? Tell us. Leave a message at 805-626-8707. That's 805-MANUP-07. Or email us at manup at slate.com. Let us know if you have ideas about what to talk about next. If you liked this episode, consider supporting The Kid and leave a review in Apple Podcasts or wherever you'd like to listen but more importantly, subscribe. We've got new shows every week, and I'd hate for you to miss out. Man Up is hosted and written by me, Eamon Ismail. Our producers are Cameron Drews and Danielle Hewitt. Our executive producers are Jeffrey Bloomer and Loan Liu. Gabriel Roth is the editorial director of Slate Podcasts, and June Thomas is the senior managing producer of Slate Podcasts. And thanks also to Juni, location sound recordist, who helped produce the interview with Angela and Brad. We'll be back next week with more Man Up.
3: America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness.